Start your week smiling with your friends, Kathy Zant and Michelle Frechette. It's time to get ready for some weekly motivation with WP Motivate. Happy Friday, Kathy. Happy Friday, Michelle. My hair is just like work today. <laughs> Been one of those days. It's either wind tunnel or maybe um, static electricity or no, it's like it's that really sexy look. Like you just walk down the runway with the fans going. Yeah, we're going to go with that. That's our story. Here we're sticking to it. <laughs> All right. Sounds good for me. <laughs> uh, you have Asia coming up. What? In a few days you're leaving? Yeah. Our flight is at 640 a.m. on Monday, which means we have to be at the airport at like 4 a.m. on oh. Monday. So yeah, one of my coworkers lives in Rochester flying with me. So he's coming to my house so he can get my suitcase in my car and then we'll we'll take my car and park it at the airport for the time that we're gone. But yeah. How many connecting flights do you have to do? Two. So we, we connect oh, in Chicago and then we connect in, everybody keeps asking me this, I think San Francisco, but maybe LA, California. We connect to California and then it's a straight shot from there over to Taipei. So yeah. Yeah, awesome. it's going to be good. I'm excited. Wow. So exciting. I will be living vicariously through you and very happy I won't be on a plane all those hours. That's gonna be a long <laughs> flight. Sure. Yeah, for sure. I do get <laughs> a little bit of travel anxiety, not so much being on the plane, but being a, a plus size disabled person on a plane mm. is very like, uh, until I'm like seated. And I know that everybody around me is comfortable with me and where I am. And then also not drinking anything on the plane. So I don't have to get up and use the bathroom. Other than And once I get there, I'm like, shoo. Okay, we're good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so yeah, I little things. Imagine. The little things, you know. It's oh, not good. But it'll be worth it. You're going to oh. see so many old friends, new friends. Yeah. Everybody's going to be there celebrating you and your new role as executive director. Can I say that here? You as can. Director and of post status. I am so happy for you. I'm not Thank just you. happy for you, though. I'm happy for all of WordPress because I feel uh -huh. like, well, first of all, you've been kind of executive director i almost said ed but then that goes into erectile dysfunction and then my brain just kind of just like stop right there I don't know, maybe no. i've caused that once or twice in my life i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no comments and but now we're gonna know who really does listen to the show because they're gonna be like oh michelle <laughs> oh my god oh uh. <laughs> I've been, been doing, <laughs> I've been doing, a, I've been doing a lot of the work that um, Corey has kind of passed on to me over the course of the last few months. And so, you know, he's like, Hey, I want to really go do something else, you know, maintain ownership of it. So he's still, you know, retaining ownership of post status. Yeah. And, um, and we do have some partners in there now, like um, Yost and Marika and uh, Mike Klonick. And so like, we're a leadership team, but I have been promoted to the the face of post status. So I'm excited about it and just welcome people's, you know, connections and all of the above. I'm very excited. Yes. Yeah. Thank, you. thank you. It's good for WordPress. I think thank you. it's good for the post status community. I'm excited <laughs> for you. And, and yeah. just so anytime your work is recognized is something that I will celebrate. So congratulations. You are the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I, you know, I, think the same for you so yeah. I know we're just like the mutual admiration society when we get together you and me <laughs> yeah of course I well, love, I love hey, it we support each other stay and motivated exactly <laughs> oh yeah to bring it back to the podcast title that is motivating <laughs> isn't it you're so good at that you must be in marketing <laughs> something like that yeah I oh. on tv that I'm in marketing <laughs> well you and, and I were talking night. yeah oh, go ahead, go ahead. 
Oh, I was so just you're... gonna say bye. <laughs> by night. By night, I am security. Like I'm still oh, get yeah. like all excited about all this security stuff. So I'm like marketing and all this like leadership stuff. I was joking though that like my black turtleneck that I've been wearing for videos because it's like, very nondescript, very professional. Yeah. I don't have to worry about it. It's just like, all right, record a video. Here's the here's my Steve Jobs shirt. <laughs> like, we'll talk about leadership. Put the Steve Jobs shirt on. Here we go. But I feel like you probably put on a black hoodie and work in the dark when you're like unhacking websites, right? So I mean that's the look for that. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. I I don't know. So I do, I'm still like super into like hacker culture and stuff. And I was reading all of these stories about this social engineering thing that happened where this um, red team hacker, like a penetration tester, like got into this company just by like walking in, sat down at a meeting and said, sorry, I'm late, hooked up the laptop to the, the network, basically hacked everything. And then, oh and then while he was hacking everything, was asking questions in the meeting. Well, would you have you considered this? Like, oh, my God. hacking them. But at the same time, sitting oh. in a meeting with an expired visitor's badge that he had gotten out of a garbage can. It was just like such a cool story. Oh, Holy cow. So that's my like, that's like my, my alter ego. My Talk time. about your fake it till you make it. Goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love right? those stories so much because it's a couple a couple years ago there was a story of an artist <clears throat> who there I can't remember where it was, so you know, y'all forgive me, but there was um a highway where it was very unclear of when you're supposed to change lanes to get off and those kinds of things. And everybody always said we need a sign there. So this guy like went out, took pictures, took measurements, like you know, like when he would drive by that kind of stuff and figure it out what size the sign should be, what the colors, like he did research on what colors are the real colors of that state signs. And he created a sign that would direct traffic better. Like that, like people needed to have there. He put yeah. on, like he got the outfit, like, you know, the hard hat and the orange vest and the traffic cones. And he got the lift, the, the you know, the lifting truck, whatever the bucket, I don't know words. <laughs> The bucket truck or whatever, the cherry picker, I think they call them. And um, uh-huh. he actually installed the sign on the overpass of a busy highway. And it, for him, it was an art installation to see if he could actually do it. And yeah. like the eventually, like the actual traffic control or whatever of that city got wind of it and were like, they took it down. But they actually eventually replaced it with a real sign that actually that did the same thing. But he got away with it for a while until like people wow. were like, what was when did that go up, you know? So yeah, fake it till you make it. Wear the badge, put on the hoodie, whatever it takes. <laughs> yeah. Hacking for good. That's what I think. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we were talking a little bit before about coming from humble beginnings. You know, it's funny because yeah. I saw this meme. Not, I don't know. Is a meme always funny or is a meme just like imagery? I don't know. But there Maybe. is there was a photo and it was like, um, you know, where... Uh, Microsoft started. It's a picture of like the garage that they worked in. Another yeah. one was like where Amazon started and it was, you know, and where Walt Disney started and it's like this <laughs> shack or whatever. And I'm like, a lot of us were not born with silver spoons in our mouths. A lot of us did not have um, grandiose beginnings, you know, and some of us that were born with less didn't necessarily know it. I was telling you about how I didn't really know we didn't have less growing up, but I look back on it and I was like, damn, I was in, I, I was a teenager before we actually ordered a pizza instead of making pizza from a box. 
I didn't know what like real cheese on a pizza tasted like. <laughs> oh no. It was like sawdusty oh, no. cheese out of a little tear the foil packet open kind of parmesan fake parmesan cheese on top of it. And my mom would um take like a half a pound or less than that probably of ground beef and and brown it up on the stove and then put that on the pizza and bake up the pizza. And as kids we were like that was what pizza was to us. So we thought it was amazing. Yeah. And then, then like you go to a friend's house and they're like, oh, we ordered a pizza. You're like, that's not what pizza's supposed to look like. <laughs> what is this sorcery? Like, what's this magic? You call someone and they bring you food that's already made. <laughs> and like casseroles, <laughs> like if I make a casserole now, like it's got good meat and like the diff- all the components. Like it, when we were growing up, it was hamburger helper. It was like tear open yeah. that box, buy your hamburger, throw it all in a pan. I th- I like I bought that once as an adult because I had good memories of it as a child. And I was like, this is a skillet full of salt. Like literally the whole yeah. flavor is just salt, you know? Yeah. I think my ankle swelled for like a week after. <laughs> but but humble beginnings are okay. It's okay. And it's okay not to have everything you want. And it's yeah. okay to it's okay to want more for sure. And to find ways to build your life to attain those things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Your thoughts. Yeah. I'm going to drink my tea. I want to hear your humble beginnings. Yeah. Well, I, my beginnings were kind of weird. So I always thought we were rich. Um, My mom came from very humble. She was the oldest girl of 11 and she mm. lived on a farm in a farmhouse that had actual three bedrooms with 13 people living in it that's pretty cramped Um, she shared a bed with my aunt and of course the aunt that you know their entire lives they hate each other right (laughs) like of course they shared a bed so that was just like they're never gonna get along very humble beginnings um my dad's side of the family though my my grandfather was quite much older um he sold adding machines during the great depression, like he was born mm-hmm. in the 1800s, like and died mm-hmm. the year I was before I was born. Um, and so he started a business and was like very successful, very popular name in town. And so my mom marries up, she thinks, right? right. But uh, bat shit crazy. Oh, <laughs> no, lots of, al- lots of alcoholism on that side yeah. of the family. And so like lots of chaos and my dad was hardly ever home but I like look back at the house we like grew up in and like it was there were one and a half bathrooms there were me and my two brothers and my mom and dad and the chaos you know I, I think that was another family member <laughs> like took up a lot of space but it was like a like a 1600 square foot house like how how did we like it was a two-bedroom house they my, when my brother came along they built on an addition and then yeah. they thought it was going to be a girl a, a girl and that i was going to room with this new child but it came out as a boy and so then i got my brother's room that was like all like it was built for a boy and so i yeah. had like, the boy's room right it was crazy um but i always thought we were rich <laughs> we we're not we were not because there was just like so much cat, but I thought we were rich. My dad had his own business. He mm-hmm. drove a fancyish car, you know, but my mom would get the hand-me-down crappy car and there was never any money. So money was how my parents fought. Mm. 
sorry, mom and dad, if you're watching this, they're probably not down. I don't know. Probably my dad's probably watching Gunsmoke, and my mom is probably watching some kind of like conspiracy video. I don't know. <laughs> not watching. Well, we know my that. dad's not watching. <laughs> <laughs> there comes that dark humor again. Gotta love it. <laughs> um, but my mom would act for. So mm. we had to do the like the powdered milk. And she'd serve it to my dad because he would like spend all of his money. Like he'd go out drinking with his friends and spend all the money and live life the way he wanted. And she stuck home with the kids and mad about it. Right. So we would have to drink. I would get mad. I'm like, I'm not drinking powdered milk. It's coming out of a real cow. I don't want this stuff. I don't know what it is. No space age milk. I'm not drinking it. And so I'd throw my fit. My dad would then be like, what the heck's wrong with you? Where's the money I gave? And so there was wars Mm -hmm. about money. Yeah. And so we ate really poor. And my mom wouldn't go grocery shopping. She'd go grocery shopping and then she'd buy all this food. And then like we'd all just be like, oh, it's like the only food we've had for like two weeks. Three days later, she's like, where's the food I bought? Right. Yeah. We ate it all because we weren't sure if we were ever going to eat again. <laughs> and my brothers were eating faster than me. So I wanted to have my cut, right? So it was like so chaotic about like having resources. But I always thought we were rich. And I look back on it and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like how yeah. how did I think like there was something about me though? I thought we were rich. I thought we were yeah. really rich. But we we definitely weren't. And we definitely... <laughs> And the only time we would ever get a, a a pizza, a carryout pizza, there was one place in town that was like the best pizza around. Still, to my, I have never had a pizza quite so good. And my, but my dad would bring it home, and he would eat most of it. And if we mm-hmm. were lucky, we got the corner pieces that he didn't want. So it oh. was like my dad's life, and then all of us just like, <laughs> look like wow, scraps. That pizza smelled Anything. good. <laughs> and then he'd bring home like. He he loved like Dr. Pepper and like this really fancy cheese and Eskimo pies. And he'd bring mm. those home. Well, those last. my brothers and I were just like, food? Dr. Right. Pepper's? Oh my gosh. And so then we'd go and raid his stash and he would get like infuriated at us. But yeah, like it wasn't until I was much older that I realized like, oh my gosh, that was like a war of resources yeah yeah well so it's really interesting to deal with nothing you well you have to at some points right if you don't have anything you learn to be resourceful for sure there are things that as you get older you took for truth the whole time you were growing up and there is a point in time as an adult where you go hey wait a minute so let me tell you some of mine (laughs) yeah Andy's candies, you know those little just tiny mint wrapped mints that like that you get at like Olive Garden. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. My mother would buy those for herself and tell us they were very expensive, so we only <laughs> could have one, so she could eat the rest of the box, right? And I don't know how long it took. I don't know if she ate it in a day or if she ate it over a month. I have no clue. But we weren't allowed to touch the expensive candies. Now there was a point as an adult when I went to the store and I was like, I'm going to treat myself today, and I went to the candy out I was like oh I wonder how expensive Andy's candies are I'm like dollar fifty or whatever it was right like that's yeah. that's not that was just her way of like I'm not sharing right and or she'd yeah. buy um 
chunky because it had raisins in it. We didn't like raisins. So she'd get to eat the whole thing and not have to share with her kids kind of thing. <laughs> for sure. But my favorite story of like that moment of realization, <laughs> I was, a, I may have told you the story before. I was a teenager before I thought to myself, my dad lied. Because when we were kids, no, kids don't want to eat vegetables, right? Like, not, I love vegetables now. And my daughter grew up loving vegetables because I didn't try yeah. to tell her she had to eat them. I encouraged her to try things and whatever. Plus, my mother doused everything in butter, which I don't care for. But my dad, when we were little, like, if we didn't want to eat our broccoli, he'd say, are you kidding me? Do you know that they make chocolate out of broccoli? Like, that, do you know where chocolate comes from? It comes from broccoli. Okay, I was like really 14. <laughs> I know, right? I was 14 and I was eating broccoli. No, no, I was in college. <laughs> like we had broccoli. Like my roommate and I are sitting in the dining hall. We got broccoli. And I'm like, hey, did you know the chocolate comes from? She goes, what? I go, never mind. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. My dad lied. <laughs> and he also told us that um cauliflower tasted like uh popcorn. So like when he tells you that, you think that, and you eat it, and yet looks a little bit like a pop popcorn kernel. It didn't taste like it, though, but yeah. I was convinced it did until about that same time. So, yeah. Oh <laughs> Too funny. Right? Yeah. Exactly. My goodness. The things. And then I was telling you this before we started recording. Like, we had... Our favorite dessert, like if somebody said to you, what's your favorite dessert? It's like people say like cheesecake or creme brulee or like yeah. all of these decadent kind of things. Ours was what my mother called butter sugar bread because she would take a piece of white bread, slather some butter on it, sprinkle some white sugar on it and be like, here's your dessert. And we would eat it like it was the most amazing food on the planet. And again, yeah. I was an adult and I was like, oh man, I bet that would taste good today. So I slather some butter on a piece of bread. I like douse it in like the white sprinkled, sprinkle the white sugar on it. I took a bite and I was like, why am I eating congealed butter? <laughs> with yeah. sugar? Like oh that first gosh. bite was enough to convince me that I don't want this. I don't, I don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I threw that piece yeah. away. Yeah. 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 I, I've kind of got this attitude now that every calorie's got to fight for its life in my world. <laughs> like there, there must be a purpose. There must be a purpose to it at this point. I am not going to waste my if, um, you know, it, it's got to be good. It's got to yeah. either give me pleasure or it's got to, you know, have some kind of nutrient that I need. But I'm, mm -hmm. I'm just no. I like, I can't even eat fast food anymore. It's just like, yeah. well, first of all, have you seen the prices of fast food? It's ridiculous now. It is. And so, like, I, there's nothing that I can't go through, like, a drive-thru and say, okay, that, that's worth it to me. Like, no. Mm -hmm. Although, every year, once, I do mm -hmm. get a shamrock shake this time of year. Mm. Did you ever get it? Do you ever ask them to do half chocolate, half shamrock shake? Ooh, no. Is that a thing? It, most places will do it. And then, like, you stir it with your, with your straw, and it's, like, mint chocolate. Like the Andes candies. Mm. <laughs> Well, now you ruined that for me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you should bring one to your mom and just say, you know, remember those Andy's candies? Well, I was thinking about you. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, like, you could look back and you could say, my parents lied, right? Like, at, at 
18 years old when I realized that chocolate was not made from broccoli. I was like, my dad lied to me. But now that I'm an adult and I've raised a child of my own who's an adult, I think back and I think, you know, my parents were being resourceful. They were making do with what they had yeah, and making sure their kids felt like they were loved and that they felt like they were treated and, you know, supplied, what's the word, provided for, supplied to. Think of words provided for and all of those kinds of things and and I think of the little white lies like that that I told my daughter growing up you know I didn't do much of that because I really wanted her to make her own decisions growing up but you know there were things that I would say to her that or, or give her permission to do like I think I told you before she would come to me and and she'd be on the phone. Remember when we had phones plugged into the wall? So she'd come to me mm-hmm. on the phone and and she'd say, mom, can I go to Katie's house? I think I told you that, right? Can I go to Katie's house for overnight? Katie invited me overnight. But she'd be shaking her head. No, like, please say no. Please say no. And I'd be like, oh, sorry, Lydia. I really need you first thing in the morning. So, you know, you can't go tonight kind of thing. So, yeah, sometimes little white lies are okay, I guess, in those kind of situations when they really yeah. are to not hurt a person like that. But yeah. yeah humble beginnings man <laughs> humble beginnings yeah I, chaotic beginnings I'm kind of shocked I I don't know yes that I came out the way I did I guess well years of therapy too but <laughs> learned a I mean, lot here, here I sit a lot here we sit like as productive citizens of the United States and not in prison so I mean there's something to be said for that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, jeez. Uh, yeah, I had to learn things. Had to learn things. The too young, I think. But yeah, there's, yeah. there's a you know, I was, you know, obviously prices of a lot of things have gone up, and wages have it. You know, in a lot of cases where it, it people are having to kind of learn that the American dream isn't exactly what has been sold to them. And mm-hmm. that they have to go through that and learn ways of making do with with less or making do with um, learning how to grow their own food and having mm-hmm. to find some inner resourcefulness. Yeah. And I, I think that's that's good, you know, mm-hmm. like I like my kids, like they they come up with harebrained ideas like lots of, hey, I'm going to start this online business. We've gone <laughs> through about 4,000 of those. And I'm every single one of them, I'm like, yep, you can do it. You can do it. Here's WordPress. Hey, what's this customizer? Yeah, you know, all the same things. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. My daughter's never <laughs> logged into her WordPress website, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, I figured they should learn this stuff. I think it's important, yeah. right? And so I don't, I'm not going to do it for them. If they want to start an online business, you've got to figure out all the hard stuff and yeah. marketing and all of this stuff. And it it creates resourcefulness. It creates an ability to say, I can do this, to set a goal and say, I'm going to make this happen no matter what. And when you don't think you can do it, like when you don't think you're going to have the resources to put food on the table to to be able to find out that you can and that you know there is abundance in this world and you can Mm -hmm. you know go a night without having like a big huge dinner and that it's going to be pasta and peas for a couple of nights plenty of times I've done that my son because when we lived in Shasta we left we lived very very close to nature and very much homesteady type of thing my son is like mortified that 
we drank out of mason jars. Like that's his big thing. Because <laughs> now he lives in Minnesota and he's like, I thought it was just like that's what people did. And <laughs> I do that. And my friends make fun of me. Why did we do that? And I'm like, because they were there and that's, that's what we had. I still I still like if I get a mason jar and wash it out, recycle it, throw it in the cabinet and it's a glass. <laughs> like am I yeah, weird? I mean, it's just like no. It's trendy actually. At least it was three years ago. That's what I was trying to say. That that it's it's shabby chic, right? Yes. My son is mortified that we drink out of mason jars. Well, just, you know, tell him it's better than a red solo cup. I don't know. (laughs) At least you had water. That's right. (laughs) We had to drink from the hose and it tasted like heat and rubber. (laughs) It did. And somehow we survived. This is why when there's a nuclear war, we're going to, Gen Xers are going to be the ones sticking around and all the rest we of are. you punks. The original latchkey yeah. kids. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Totally. Oh my gosh. So much. So. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. You know, I, I have now. I'm not saying I'm rich because I'm not, but I don't struggle like I did when my daughter was younger trying to figure out how to pay a bill or am I going to have money to grocery shop this week and things like that and I'm grateful for the resourcefulness that my parents taught me when I was younger because it did get me through tough times and there's nothing to say that another week or two I couldn't be back in tough times like you just never know right like there have been so I'm not I'm not suggesting that I'm going to lose my job I'm not but You know, but we've seen so many people get laid off over the last year and a half that have gone from a place of abundance to searching for jobs and having to be resourceful. And I feel just grateful that I grew up learning that resourcefulness so that if I'm ever in that situation again, I know how to make do with pasta and peas. And I don't even like peas. So for me, it would be something else. But that's the whole idea, right? Like I have eaten my fair share of tuna sandwiches, peanut butter and jelly. You know, I've had my fair share of like mac and cheese from a box, powdered milk. We grew up with it too. Like all of those things that you just wonder, like you look back on it now and like, I had almost forgotten some of it. And then to drag that back up into my brain and think I could, like I said, you could be mad that your parents lied to you all those years or whatever, or you could just be grateful that they were still providing for you and teaching you that it's okay not to have, like my daughter didn't have a Game Boy. Every one of her friends growing up had a Game Boy. She's never once said to me, why didn't you get me a Game Boy? Because she knew we just didn't, I didn't have the resources as a single mom to, you know, provide dinner, pay for dance classes and, you know, get a Game Boy. But I will tell you, you do. And it's funny, somebody asked yesterday online, have you ever bartered uh, web services like web, web design for anything? And I forgot about the dance classes, but I've bartered for massage. I've bartered for catering. I've bartered for um, cookies and food and that kind of stuff. And I bartered with restaurants for gift certificates. Like I have bartered like crazy. And then I just remember like my very first website ever, one of them, I built a website and I sat at the desk of the dance school so my daughter could take dance classes. And all I have to pay for that year was her dance um costumes and even that was a stretch for me right but but you do what you have to to provide for the people that you want to provide for so yeah yeah, and we have resourceful kids because of it so yeah yeah oh yeah both of my kids are extremely resourceful yeah and very aware of like 
what it takes in order to make a dollar. Yeah. I mean, they'll probably go to therapy and complain about us. (laughs) They'll go to therapy and complain about us. Like we want to, you know, I told them when they were younger, I said, if you're not in therapy by the time you're 18, I've done something wrong. I expect my, I expect to screw you up somehow because that's what parents do. We're not perfect. If I give you too much, then you're going to go to therapy. If I don't give you enough, you're going to go to therapy. There's no like middle ground. So just go to therapy. It's a good thing. Now my, now my son is like, I think he's going to grow up to be a therapist because he's like, he's like so good at like, okay, now imagine the emotion is not inside of you, but it's outside of you. What does it look like? I'm like, where does that come from? It's coming from the therapy that he had to go through that he's figured out like coping mechanisms for dealing with difficult emotions. So if I'm going through stuff, he pulls out the therapy card on me and is just like, now where's this emotion? And just like, it's going to be like in your face if you say, if you try to do the therapy on me right now, just let me be mad. Let me me tell you a funny anecdote. So my daughter at some point when she was a teen is when like the Gilmore Girls came out and she's like, Mm -hmm. mom, I think that you and I we're Lorelai and Rory. And I was like, that is so sweet because we had a close relationship, whatever. And then last year, I watched everything everywhere all at once. And I was like, oh, that's how I fucked her up. (laughs) We're both like, we are Lorelai and Rory. And also like this person who's just like raging against her mother because of whatever it was that I did. So there is no perfect parent and you can look back and see all the good and all the bad and hope that you still have a decent relationship in spite of the butter sugar bread and the oh, ap- yeah. appy and whey pizza in a box <laughs> and the fake milk yeah the fake milk. <laughs> we, we survived and the kool-aid that never had quite enough sugar in it so it was always just a little bit bitter <laughs> like like my friends' moms would make Kool Aid, and it was the canister that was already pre-sugared, and they'd measure it out. It was super sweet. Ours was the packets you tore open, and you had to add your own sugar to, which meant yep. never quite enough sugar. So, but you know, we still drank it. We lived. Oh, fun stuff. Fun stuff. So much. Anyway, so next week I get to try food that I've never tried before when I'm in yeah. Taiwan and Taipei, and I'm really. Yeah. Uh, looking forward to it. Boba tea, I guess, is originated there. So um, Shusei Toda said, we got to sit down and have some boba together. I was like, I would love that. I'll let you awesome. order for me because I have no clue what I'm doing over there. But really looking forward to Fine. it. And when I asked Lydia, what did she want me to bring back for her? Her, her answer is always candy. She wanted Thai candy. She bought candy in Greece. She wants candy from... So um, June, in a meeting this morning with, uh, for WP Accessibility Day, I was telling her that. And she said, oh, it's make sure you get Kit Kats. They have the weirdest flavors of Kit Kats over there because she really? used to live there. She said, and anything cherry blossom flavor. I said, all right, oh. that's what I'll do. Fun. So, yeah. So... I'm excited. It'll be good. I, I am too. To follow along, you're gonna have a great time. I'm so. Glad I'll be you posting pictures. Thank you. You're speaking, right? I am you're speaking. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'm speaking opposite to Ferris, so I will be speaking to a mostly empty room. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm really looking forward. I joke. I'm sure there will be people sitting in my room, but um, yeah. But I I'm sad to miss his talk, but I'll be able to see everything on WordPress TV at some point. So that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Well, I hope you have a, a great time. Thank you. So and for everybody else, we won't have we won't, Yeah, we won't have a recording next week because um, even if we were going to try to record, it's we're going to be like opposite si- times of the day while I'm gone. So yeah. 
we'll skip a week and we'll see y'all the next week after that. But um, yeah, thanks for listening to us laugh. We had a lot of fun today. Anyway, bye. Bye. This has been WP Motivate with Kathy Zant and Michelle Freshette. To learn more or to sponsor us, go to WPMotivate.com.